Freaks Fan Festival in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I don't get it. Welcome to a very special multi-part edition of the I Don't Get It podcast. I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. And we are coming to you, not live, but, you know, recorded at the Expanse Festival in the ATB Financial Arts Barns. They have set up a tent fort for a us in the coat fort. check. We have a prime window with great view of the lobby action. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be here for the next four days. and. Right. We will be posting episodes every day um, of people we talk to and, and thoughts about the shows and some different segments. Uh, the sound quality may vary as there is a lot of things going on outside of this coat check, some of which has microphones uh, to deal with. Uh, but, but we're trying to get as much uh, of the Expanse experience to you as we possibly can. Today, Wednesday, Expanse Day 1. Um, Hit it. How you feeling, Paul? Feeling great. <laughs> um, the first thing we did is we talked to um, uh, Julie Ferguson about the lobbyists, who are sort of the, the entertainment between shows. Expanse is made up of a, a whole string of different shows, but uh, the lobbyists are going to be performing throughout the festival in, in the lobby, as their name implies. Uh, and we spoke to her about, about what that entails. We're here with Julie Ferguson. Uh, what is your title at the Expanse Festival, Julie? I'm the lobby stage manager at the Expanse Festival. Um, what uh, What is the lobbyists slash are the lobbyists? Uh, well, the lobbyists are five people that were assembled by Amber Baratsik and myself uh, to who come together in public spaces and in lobbies across the city to surprise people. Uh, it's all improvised movement uh, within a, a set score, we call them. So there's like a set uh, guideline and mm -hmm. rule for each score. Um, but we basically, we infiltrate a space. Uh, we perform for whoever's there. Uh, we don't ask permission, we just go in and then we leave as quickly as we arrived. So we've done this at uh, Bonnie Doon Mall and in the Corona LRT station over the past couple days. And then during the Expanse Festival, we'll be doing it in the lobby. Anytime there's not a show happening, we will be there to dance and surprise you. Great, so, so how would you describe maybe a, a typical audience, uh, an unsuspecting audience reaction to, to encountering the lobbyists? What are some of the reactions you've uh, discovered slash found as you went? Uh, a lot of people uh, are, get super into it. Uh, people have wanted to pull out their cell phones and uh, take pictures or record. Um, some people just want to stand and watch. Uh, we had a couple people in the mall who got quite vocal and asked, how do they do that? And, you know, they wanted to ask questions. What were you doing at the time? <laughs> uh, just, they were just dancing. There's just cool. scores. We give out roses sometimes. Uh, the goal with uh, one of our scores is just to bring a touch of glamour. That's what we were doing in Bonnie Doon Mall. Cool. So they were very glamorous. And a lot of people were very interested in that. But then again, some people just carry on with their business. They just... Right. Keep going as if nothing else is happening. You gotta get to work. <laughs> Don't yeah. pay attention to the performance art. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. Ignore it. Ignore it. Um, uh, okay, so so um, maybe this is totally self-evident, but but why why infiltrate public spaces to perform your art in? 
We just want to bring beauty to places where there isn't already as much beauty and bring glamour. That's the Amber's plan was just to be able to bring bring art to where there isn't already art. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and just see people's reactions from that. And that's been the most interesting thing for me is to see people's reactions. So what kind of scores, when you talk about the scores or sort of the parameters that you give the performers, what sorts of rules do you give them for, say, anything that we might see in the lobby tonight? Uh, some of them are style-based. So, for example, for our Glamour score, there's a, a film quality to it and sort of an old Hollywood quality. But then there's also things like there needs to be a flock. So one person leads movement and everyone follows and copies. Uh, there might be something like a supported solo where one person takes the stage and everyone else watches and supports them by watching. Um, there might be something where you need to interact with an audience member. Um, and there's always a set ending. We all know how it's going to end, um, although the audience may not. But those are sort of some of the parameters. So as stage manager, what exactly are you doing while the lobbyists are doing how, these well, How things? do you manage a stage that is dynamic and, yeah. and changing? Um, a lot of my job is to make sure that the lobbyists are safe. Um, so to be able to interact with any audience members who may want to interact with them, let them know what we're doing, and also be prepared if there are any security guards who want to kick us out. Uh, myself and Amber are always there to be the line of fire to say, yes, stall. we're, yeah, exactly, stall until we can get out. Um, it's also very important we hold the coats. Uh, yeah. You know, we have the hand sanitizer for when they're done. It's, yeah, it's just about supporting them so that the performers just have to think about performing. They just have to think about their improvising and their dancing, and they don't have to worry about their, anything else that's happening in the surroundings. What would be a dream place to perform the lobbyists in? If you had to think, <laughs> and if you had to sort of pick, maybe locally, maybe beyond, just wherever in your mind, where would you love to uh, take uh, art where it's unexpected and present it? One of the things that we really wanted to do was to go to Ikea. Oh. <laughs> um, and we talked a lot about it, and we ended up deciding not to because we were actually sort of afraid of going and getting kicked out. We felt like there were more places that were sort of, could be more sympathetic to it. Sure. But now that we've talked about it, it's my dream. Okay. <laughs> I would love to go, with, especially with a lot of people. It would be super cool to see just like a lot of people in all those little fake apartments. Mm -hmm. Living their lives. Yeah. <laughs> living their living lives. in the little living fake IKEA kitchens. Lives. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Absolutely. So can we anticipate seeing the lobbyists elsewhere during the festival, or were the other locations just pre-festival? We have one more public performance. Uh, we're going to go to the Healing Garden at the Mazinkowski Center. And the score that we've created for there is something much more comforting and calm. Um, the Healing Garden is a place where people can visit with their loved ones or people can take a lunch break. And so we've tried to create something that people may not see day to day some art in their lives, but it won't be obtrusive. So that's our last public performance. And then the rest of them are all just here in the lobby of the ATB Financial Arts Barns. Great. Where and when is that last performance? It's on Friday at 2 p.m. Which is March, Friday the 13th. It is Friday the 13th. Yeah, Ooh. great. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks a lot, Julie. Um, Julie was here with us. She was talking about the lobbyists at the Expanse Festival happening for the rest of this week. We're sitting here in the I Don't Get It coat check tent room. blanket tent room, fort. Blanket fort. Um, <laughs> with, uh, with 
festival producer Murray Udis um, of Azimuth Theater and Fringe Theater Adventures and all that kind of thing. But of course, he is the um, Expanse guy. Expanse. Sure. <laughs> so Murray, um, yeah, what were what did you have a theme going about this year's festival, or was it just sort of like? whatever seat of the pants, people that you loved and wanted to bring in. So um, the good women joined us this year, right? And one of the things that I said to them is I didn't want to like say, okay, you have to program X, Y, and Z. I said, I'm going to give you some minutes and you program these minutes. And they came back with a proposal. And I thought, hmm, okay, I don't want to say no to this proposal either. Let's see what will come of this. And in doing so, I said yes to everything they brought at me. And it ended up turning out, you guys, we literally have people from the east part of our country all the way through to the west side. And the ones that I had talked to, the ones that I'd worked on, had kind of filled in the middle prairie provinces to be able to say that, wow, we're represented by everything except maybe the north and the, and the, and the maritimes, right? And so east meets west kind of became the underlying theme of what was going on. Um, great. So, uh, so, so, having said all that, um, one of the things on on the schedule is, of course, the the sort of the Alberta showcase or the Alberta grown sort of showcase. Yes. Um, and and you've produced this festival for years. Yeah. Um, are there are there trends you see emerging in sort of what dancers and movers are doing in in Edmonton and Alberta? Um, and do those differ from the things you see in the in the country abroad, or or do you find sort of Edmonton and Alberta have sort of distinct um, ideas and, and uh, explorations of dance that you see happening? Uh, I would say what I'm seeing a lot of in uh, our Edmonton community and, and, and in our Alberta community is a lot of the voice coming through in the dance work now. There's a lot of, sp uh, whether it's uh, uh, spoken word, um, text-based kind of things that are joining with it, right? And then, and then it's being animated. It's either they're bringing in, say, like a beat poet to join them, or their voice themselves, they're using it, right, in a in a rhythmic form. So I've really noticed that as a, as a storyteller and a guy who really appreciates narrative, right? Sure, yeah. All of a sudden I'm like, whoa, there's a lot of talking going on. Right. Is there any reason you, you think that is happening? I think that we are shifting from a model of uh, multimedia into intermedia. And in doing intermedia, I think that we are truly uh, integrating uh, uh, the art forms, right? And I think the voice is being married to the movement, right? And it's in, and, and the rhythm is being discovered in that through the music, through the voice, through the dance, and through, and, and through the movers. And I think that they're finding we need to engage more. We want to engage differently. We want to find other reasons uh, to explore some other things that we're doing, you know? And I think with that, you go, let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's talk. Let's speak. Let's let's have this happen, you know? Especially talking with Ainsley, she, they're very interested in using the voice in their work, right? And using it themselves. And they're even to the point where they're like going, we want to start working on the acting of that now, right? Of the theater of that that we're doing. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. Cool. So, so we've been doing a thing where we've been asking people to pitch their shows in sort of an elevator pitch. How would you elevator pitch Expanse the Festival if you were in an elevator with people who, who weren't sort of part of the arts community? Um, how weird are you? <laughs> uh, we'll say they say average weird. Average weird. Okay. Well, I still think that you should come and you should experience this energetic four days. Because in this four days, we're going to find something that's extremely weird, something that's moderately weird, something that's going to shock you, and something that's going to surprise you. So come on down, pick one of those, and you'll find it. Is there anything that you are specifically excited about at the festival that you have not seen yet that are that you maybe are intrigued about? There's two things. So um, we lost a friend in this community a while back, uh, and I had lobbyists 
um, who I fell for. They performed in the lobby, and in honor of, of, of losing that soul, we didn't have them last festival. This festival, they're back, and I forgot how much I love them and how surprising they are. And they've been, right now, they've been at Bonnie Doon, they've been at the Corona LRT station, the stuff they're doing already, and they're out running around in this lobby. The idea of animating in between the shows, seeing that that energy come back, I think is going to lift the festival again because I felt like I really missed it when we didn't have it last year, right? Because I usually have a ton of installations going on in the in-between and the lobbyists. So to have that energy back has really got me excited. And I have to say, uh, Freya Olofsson. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that piece, that work that that woman does is just—it's unreal. Like it's hard to even explain, like how that happens, you know. So I'm really stoked for that. But the lineup itself—I was saying to Megan, I'm like, I'm I'm humbled at how amazing the artists in this festival this year are. Like if right through the whole gamut of what we got going on, and you know, yay, yay for this country, yay for this city. Like I like it. It's awesome. We're also here with Megan Dart in the tent as well. Hi guys. She's Megan been here the whole yeah. time. Yes. So <laughs> just lurking in the corner. That's what I've been doing. Yes. Yeah. So Megan, what do you do for Expanse? What don't I do? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I am the publicist for the festival. Uh, also help out a little bit on the artist liaison side of things. And then uh, Catch the Keys is producing a cabaret on Saturday night as part of the festival. Catch so. the Keys being your company. Yes. Your production company. Yes. Mm -hmm. being my, I'm one half yeah. of that company yeah. alongside my sister. So, so pitch us on that, that cabaret. Oh, what is okay. it? What's going so, on? We have Nick Seven from Shout Out 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 coming to DJ that night with uh, the entire poetry brothel. So we've got an army of about eight poets, spoken word artists, who are gonna come and descend on the lobby that night. And then we've got some movement artists who are going to respond to the spoken word. So we're gonna get up, we're gonna do some crazy spoken word stuff, we're gonna have dancers of very many different genres uh, respond to that. Uh, it's mostly just gonna devolve into a lot of good times and drinks and you know, debauchery by the end of the night. That's knowing knowing the, po the brothel poets, that's what will happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello everyone. Hi. We are here in the I Don't Get It Coat Check tent check with um, the cast and creative team from The Contract. So why don't you go around and say your names so everyone knows. My name is Vincent Forcier, performer. <laughs> I am Ainsley Hilliard, also performer. Uh, my legal name is Richard Lee, but my stage name is Richard Lee C, which I actually am required to say. Wow. As an equity member? As is an that equity member. For this production, yeah. Well, congratulations on that. That would be very official. You get an extra name when you join equity. When there's another man who has yeah. that name, yes. You get an extra one. Well, welcome, everybody. Thank you. Um, the contract is running. Yes. Uh, tell us, uh, what is your, your elevator pitch for the contract? If you had sort of that much time, three floors worth of time to pitch that to somebody, uh, how would you summarize the contract? Vince, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, the quickest I would say would be to uh, say that it is a theater dance fusion piece that explores loneliness and love. Uh, then a slightly extended version, I would say, it's about a man who falls instantly in love with another man, uh, tries to find that man, but only finds a woman, and then hires her to be like a surrogate and to live with him so that he can still remember that man. It's intense. Um, it's based on a book by um, Margaret Dugas. Is that, am I saying Dura. Dura. Marguerite Dura. Marguerite Dura. 
yeah, I never say it right, um, called uh, Blue Eyes, Black Hair, um, which some people consider to be, um, you know, erotica. So uh, it's, you know, it's uh, funny how Nancy was getting that when people were talking about the book. Um, yeah, all the things that didn't said, but also that's where the kind of like seed and inspiration comes from for Nancy. Uh, I think it's already been pitched pretty well by the, the other two. I would just, yeah, I would say it's a uh, sort of a surrogate love triangle story told through uh, dance theater. Mm -hmm. And it, it is a, a really great he movement heavy piece. How did you develop the movement for the piece? Was it a collective thing or uh, more on the hands of kind of like a choreographer? Yeah, um, Nancy, um, Nancy directed and choreographed and wrote the show. Wow. Um, Along with Liam Cody, uh, who put uh, some of his poetry into the show as well, which yeah. we speak throughout to kind of color extra moments. Yeah, so what Nancy did was um, she would give us tasks uh, where we would generate material and information, um, and then she would structure that material and play with it and zhuzh it and, you know, mix it up. Uh, to her liking. So, so what sort of tasks? Like what would be? Uh, one of the exercises we did is we went one by one and got and, and followed the full alphabet. And uh, so I did A, B, C and then like Ainsley, no, uh, Richard did D, E, F and then G, H, I and we had to come up with one movement for each letter until we had the full alphabet. And then, and then there would be moments when Nancy would be like, great, now that you've learned all of those letters, spell this word and yeah. let's see oh, if it cool. creates a dance. And it usually did. That's a neat process. We should try that alphabet game sometime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great way to retain movement. Like once yeah. you've gone, once you've gone through all of them, you're just like, whoa! I have how many letters are there? Thirty-six moves. I don't know There's how many 26 letters. letters. Twenty-six moves. Whatever. You got. You got. We got twenty-six Whichever moves. Alphabet we're talking about. Yeah, and right. it's also fun because it's like challenging because like you have to think about how to spell the yeah. word. Yeah, yeah. But also then like with your body spell it. So it's like oh. It's, yeah. a, it's yeah. a challenge. It's great. And because we all have abstract minds, it wasn't it wasn't like YMCA or anything like that. It <laughs> yeah, was, it wasn't exactly. It was like yeah, more abstracty movements. Sometimes we just created like the shape of the letter, but other times it was like the feeling of the letter. Yeah. And then like blending all that together. Yeah, there's a lot of abstract movement in the piece, but there's also some far, fairly literal movement like between relationships, like very mm -hmm. affectionate and that kind of thing. So how did you draw more draw them more into an abstract arena as opposed to making them perfectly literal? Uh, I mean, <laughs> what, we, what we had uh, well, was Nancy's direction to, to take it out of literal land but still keep it relational. For example, uh, the duet, the two duets that Ainsley and I share, the, the sort of, we called it hymn hands, I, I can't remember what the source of that was, but uh, was, I mean, we just created it by itself and then found a place for it in the show and then tinkered around with it to make it the struggle later when, when Ainsley leaps mm -hmm. into my arms and all that mm -hmm. sort of thing. So it was basically the same vocabulary, just altered slightly. So when you take it slightly out of context, it, it makes it look a little bit more abstract, but still has a relation to the actual dramatic action of the play. Yeah, there were signatures that you saw kind of repeat themselves, but more amped up or a little bit yeah. differently. Yeah, yeah, in different tones. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you could say, we could say the same sentence two different ways and mean two different things. And so I think the same is true about the movement we were doing. It was like, we can do the same movements, but just put a different tone on it and it becomes a different piece. 
Um, so there was a lot of that going on. Right. If you spell a word with your body sarcastically, it reads way differently. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've all sort of dabbled in, in theater and, and have background in dance, obviously. How do you find working with movement and text in, in a production like this, which sort of melds the two together? I think the most difficult thing is to find the balance. I find that if a show is too dancey, uh, then the words feel like they're just being imposed on the show. And then similarly, like if there's just too much talking, then when people start dancing, you're like, where did this come from? Um, so I think like this this show, what was great is that Nancy has a background in in both sides and was able to balance so that the audience doesn't go like, why are they moving again? Or why are they talking again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the integration too, like not just the balance, but actually... Um, the layering of text and movement I think is really important and that's what makes things um, successful when you're fusing dance and theater so it's not just like now we're talking now we're dancing now we're talking now we're dancing but there is more of a um, an overlap or um, yeah just it's more integrated yeah certainly layering them performing them simultaneously helps I also find uh, what's important and what Nancy was great at is just nailing down what is it we're trying to express, what's going to best say it in this particular moment. Sometimes it's the simultaneous expressions, sometimes it's the words, and sometimes it's the the dancing. So when are the rest of the contract shows? We have um, we have Thursday, 8.30 p.m., Friday, 11.30 p.m., Saturday, 10 p.m., Sunday, 2 p.m., Sunday, 8 p.m. Wow. Nice. Wow. Didn't even look at the pamphlet. Yeah, I didn't even look. No, it's because my mom was like, I'm coming Friday. And I was like, really? 11.30 p.m.? And she was like, oh, never mind. Then Saturday. I was like, that's 10 p.m. And she's like, maybe I should look at the calendar. <laughs> Great. Well, right. thanks, guys. Happy yeah. Expanse. All right, everyone. We have uh, some special guests in here, actually. This is Shula and Becca from the Dance Exchange, which is a unique organization that is visiting Edmonton during the Expanse Festival and beyond. Hello, ladies. Hello. How are you? Great. First of all, I would like to ask maybe um, if you could just give a quick explanation of what the Dance Exchange is and what it does. We're an intergenerational dance company based in Washington, D.C., Um, We've been around for almost 40 years, and we do everything on a full spectrum of performance from performing in big fancy theaters with lots of lights and sets and costumes to performing out in parks and in libraries and in lobbies and in shipyards. Um, We do a lot of work with what we call unexpected dancers, people who don't think that they're dancers until we get a hold of them. Then they change their minds. Yeah, we had quite a unique experience earlier here in the lobby with you all. Can can you tell us a little bit about that process that you took us through? Yes. It's one of our tools that we use working in all sorts of situations. We've done it in um, conferences with 2,000 people and we've done it with first graders. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's called build a phrase, right? We, we listen to stories Um, that come from the people that we're we're talking to. Usually we ask them a question of some kind and they come up with a story that relates to that. We look for the gestures that they use in telling the story and not sort of the idiosyncratic scratching their head things, but the the way they are actually embodying their story. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also listen for the images that they're talking about. Um, And then we create together 
dance movement. So you've got four or five stories and you have a dance that everyone can do. Yeah, and it was it was kind of an interesting, there were very specific phrases that everyone took out um, and really organic movement that came out of it just from people explaining their own experiences, which was very interesting. So how do you, um, in, in the dance exchanges practice, um, how does that, how do um, creating movement signatures and phrases like that, um, what are they used for? Everything. We, when we rehearse and are making a work that's going to be performed in a theater, we use the same tools. Mm -hmm. um, with, so that there is one choreographer for each piece, but um, all of the movement comes from all of the dancers in the company. And so, um, what, what are you doing in Edmonton? <laughs> oh, well, I'm actually... <laughs> I brought them here. I work for an organization called Jerry Actors and Friends. We're an intergenerational theater company. And two years ago, uh, Shula and another dancer from Dance Exchange came down to work with the Jerry Actors. And we got hooked. So we've been looking for ways to bring them back ever since. And this is, this is the longest they've ever been in this city. So they're here for 10 days total, including travel time, working with Jerry Actors and Cripsy. Right. And we had we featured Cripsy on an earlier episode of the podcast during our season. They had a performance, and we were talking about it as well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe tell me about the idea of sort of the the unexpected dancer, I think, mm -hmm. as, as you call it, and sort of the uh, the appeal to to uh, appro to approaching that and sort of building dance around the 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 unexpected, perhaps dancers among us. It enriches our work as well. Um, and it, Liz, Liz Lerman was our founding director and she often talks about the fact that usually dance is, is considered a hierarchy. There's, you know, the, the stuff that you do in theaters where the, the dancers have been training for years and years and years and they can do all of these fancy tricks and, um, and that's really important dance. And the stuff you do in community is kind of, you know, just recreational. Um, and then there are other people who think, no, the work that's done in community is the really important stuff. And the stuff that you do in theaters, it's elitist, it's for, you know, friends and family and other dancers. And what Liz always says is, no, it's all on one continuum, it's one spectrum. And the more work you do with people who don't think they're dancers, the more you learn about doing your own professional work as well. Um, the movement that comes from people who say, oh no, I'm not a dancer, I can't do this, is extraordinary. Um, it really is. And the delight in their faces when they realize that they have just made this piece or, or work or they've been involved in, in the making of art as a group um, is the greatest reward that you can find anywhere. Um, so where can we see uh, the work that the Dance Exchange is doing in its result in, in, ed in its Edmonton residency here? Yeah, uh, we're, we're hoping that it's all going to culminate in a performance March 19th. And we're still hashing out the details, so you'll have to go to our website, geriactors.ualberta.ca, for the actual time. It will be in the afternoon, Jasper Place High School in the Global Cafe. Yeah, so we're going to be performing for family, friends, anyone in the public who wants to come, and then students from Jasper Place High School. 
Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and visiting us at Expanse. Thank you. This episode of I Don't Get It was recorded as part of the Expanse Festival in a coat check in the ATB Financial Arts Barns in Strathcona County in Edmonton, Alberta, in Canada. It was recorded by Poblinov and Fonda Mithrish and produced by Andrew Paul. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance. Our theme music is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Check out more music by Ghibli at ghibli.bandcamp.com. <laughs>